Greetings from sunny South Florida. It's time for the Palm Beach Podcast. And the hosts of your show, sports chiropractor and athletic trainer, Dr. James Spencer. Photographer and art director, Mike Jones. Recorded live at the Media Zone Podcast Studio in Palm Beach County. Relax and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the Palm Beach Podcast. Today is a very special day because it's episode number two. Inside the studio, sitting next to me, I have Dr. James Spencer. Cheers. And Spence, why don't you go ahead and introduce who we have in the studio with us today? We also got Brendan Hayden here, local coach, stud athlete, and uh, hopefully world long drive champion. Sure. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> How's your day going so far? Today is going wonderful. It's going wonderful. Sipping claws in the summertime. Yeah, it's not it's not so bad. We're, uh, we're pretty fortunate to be located here on Singer Island in Media Zone a Palm Beach based podcast studio that Spence and I have partnered to open. And uh, we've had Brendan in here a few times. So he's kind of seen it growing and uh, what it's turning into. What do you think? How are we doing so far? Absolutely fantastic. To be totally honest, it's, um, it's pretty, pretty cool progression you guys have put together here and uh, pretty, uh, pretty professional operation every day. I come back in, it gets better. And I'm like, I'm less and less uh, qualified to be here. Perfect. (laughs) So just to start it off, let the listeners know kind of uh, your background, your story, how you ended up in Palm Beach and, and kind of where you're at now. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm like most uh, Floridians, not from Florida, um, grew up in the great state of Massachusetts, uh, outside Boston, suburban Boston, pretty stock Go childhood. Sox. Good Red Sox. Too. Yeah. Uh, I've, <laughs> since moving to Florida, I have missed uh, 12 championship rights. So um you know, that's been tough on me, but <laughs> casual, uh, yeah, 12, 12, 13. I can't, I lose track. Uh, yeah. So basically, um, pretty stock childhood, all that, uh, athletic played, um, baseball, soccer, golf, basketball, uh, a little bit of everything. Um, but baseball kind of took, took hold and, uh, got the opportunity to, well, basically just decide between uh, Boston college and Stetson university. Uh, I went on my visit to Boston college and it was snowing. And the team is working out in a bubble. And I remember being on my visit with a kid from Las Vegas. And we both kind of looked at each other like, no, I don't think this is really it. <laughs> you know, that between that and the fact that it was 20 minutes from my house. And, you know, that was a little bit too much proximity for my parents. Sure. Um, you know, I went to my visit in Stetson and uh, it was 2001. Uh, had a, a really good team that year. Uh, I think when I went on my visit, we were like seventh or eighth in the country, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat Florida in front of like 3,000 people. I was like, eh. This isn't so bad. That and the fact that uh, during my visit, they walked me by the pool. And I think Stetson's not, I'm going to offend some Stetson people. On here. It's not, <laughs> it's not Arizona state. Let's put it that way. It's not, uh, there are some very nice looking females that go there, um, but not to the extent of a, a bigger college, but they do a great job on your recruiting visit of making sure that, uh, you know, the, the best talent is out there. <laughs> so <laughs> as a young 18 year old boy that, um, uh, Definitely took hold. So, uh, hey, they're recruiting, you know. <laughs> it was recruiting. It's, it's called recruiting. This is marketing. It's right called here. recruiting. I'm sure it was coincidental. 
Um, what position would you play? Uh, at Stetson, mostly left out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Four I, years. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, played, I was a uh, I was a pitcher uh, at Stetson, primarily relief pitcher. Awesome. And um, oh, actually, exclusively a relief pitcher. I guess you could could you hit too? Uh, occasionally, but not particularly well. Yeah. Not well enough to to hit at that level. Uh, but you know, it was part of uh, three regional teams and. Um, yeah, you guys of, still had a stud team. Yeah, we had we had a lot of talent. Obviously, uh, Corey Kluber was a couple years younger than me, um, and then we obviously had some more. Who's that? Corey Kluber, Cy <laughs> <laughs> Young Award winner. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, it was I enjoyed my experience there, and you know, definitely the, the Florida lifestyle kind of took hold. Um, you know, I'd always been kind of uh, big water nature person, fishing sure. person, boating person, but. Got more into surfing and uh, surfing New Smyrna Beach, which has uh, got a few shark experiences out there. I'm like, this is a great idea. This is brilliant. Shark attack. Capital. Yeah, yeah, shark attack. <laughs> I'm like, first day out there, like, what are those? And they're like, oh, those are sharks. I'm like, ah, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, you know, spent four years there. And, and um, you know, like I said, obviously baseball didn't work out to, to the extent that um, – it's still my job, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I definitely wouldn't, wouldn't take, give back the experience. And, um, it was a, uh, cool place to learn, met a lot of great people, small school, which was good for me, you know, helped me a little more accountable. I think some of the bigger schools, I definitely, uh, would not have made it. what did you study there? Um, I was an e-business technology major. I don't know what that means. Explain that. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows what it means. Uh, basically, yeah, I, I was like, went into school and I'm like, I kind of like computers and I kind of like business and this looks interesting actually one of my best friends uh who ended up being my roommate there was a year older than me he was an e-business major and he was really smart and in 2001 (laughs) he explained to me that uh he's like yeah they're just like handing out like a hundred thousand dollars a year when you get out of here doing this i'm like done (laughs) done so i learned all kinds of weird programming languages that i don't know anything about anymore Uh, i remember my senior project was building a fully functional e-commerce website which took like half a semester and now it takes 12 minutes. We got some consulting gigs on that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, now I'm just like, you can just like, literally just go on and it's just done. Yeah. So thanks, Amazon. Um, yeah, so after that, uh, I got out, got out of school, took a job in technology sales for about three months, I think I was doing it. Uh, I happened to be dating a girl who was younger than me uh, at Stetson. So I was kind of hanging around Orlando, um, you know, being young and, and stupid and thinking that, I was in love. Maybe I was in love. I don't know. Who knows? Was it worth it? (laughs) No, no, it's never worth it. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, you know, being young and idealistic and like, oh, this is going to be forever. Sure. Um, So, but uh, quite quickly, I realized that that form of the um, sales and uh, was not really for me. So I got involved in the golf industry, Um, did a program up in Orlando for about uh, about 16 months there. Um, Basically got, got up to speed on... Being a golf professional, of course, in the back of my mind, I thought I was going to be a professional golfer, not a golf professional. You know, also, funny how brilliant. the show works. I know. Yeah, you know, I'm just either like, way, those words. I don't know. I don't know why golf is the one sport where people are like, yeah, if you just like practice, you can be like a professional. It's like really easy. It's actually the hardest sport in the entire world to play professionally. I think, um, being that you know, it, it seems on the outside like there's you know. Um, you see different shaped guys in the PGA Tour, different age guys in the PGA Tour, tall, fat, skinny, you know, uh, short, old, young. And 
you know, whereas it's quite obvious that I'm not, you know, you're not going to be a middle linebacker if you're not 6'3", 260, <laughs> right. uh, and run a 4'2", but, like, you know, you look at some of the guys at PJ Tour, you know, some of the guys Spence and I know, and, like, you know, okay, like, that guy just looks like a normal dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reality is, like, you know, there's basically 175, 200 jobs out there for guys that are going to play 25-year careers. So, um, I know we got on a little golf tangent here, but... Anyway, that's my little my little walk away on professional golf. Is if you think you can be a professional golfer, you probably can't. But um, <laughs> so you're up in Orlando at this point, getting experience. Yes, yes. Um, you know, getting experience and kind of honestly treading water. Well, uh, the girl I was dating. I can't believe I'm admitting this on a podcast. Uh, uh, the girl, damn white claws. We can edit. It's damn, <laughs> damn white claws. Yeah, post production team. Damn white claws. Look at you every time. Um, <laughs> no, no laws when drinking 60% claws. Sixty percent of the time. Uh, every time. <laughs> so yeah, so um, I basically, you know, I was kind of treading water and, and figuring out what I wanted to do, and and got done with that program up there. Uh, at the same time, the girl I was dating happened to, who happened to be from North Palm Beach. Um, and I, you know, was kind of familiar with the area already, and so it kind of worked out where I got offered a job as an assistant professional uh, at Old Barnes Golf Club down here. Um, very nice, high-end private facility. Awesome. Um, and I was like, okay, cool. So I'm gonna go down that path and kind of see how it goes. So uh, yeah, so moved down to the area in 2000, maybe early 2007, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, mid mid 2007, I think. Um, yeah, so got on that path and, and got involved in the golf industry. And I think, you know, that was probably one of the most, and obviously anyone listening right now has no idea what I do probably for a living or anything like that, but that was probably one of the most important things. I, a lot of the really important things I learned was when I was in the golf industry as far as customer service and, um, you know, how to handle high expectations. And uh, just to, you know, my boss at Old Marsh, uh, who is just, he's one of the best as far as just making sure things get done mm-hmm. uh, and, and just being like uh, super attentive and, and hyper aware and, you know, just going above and above and beyond for everybody all the time. So it's a lot about the experience, not just. Exactly. Yeah. I think, yes. Uh, being, how, the, how old were you at this time? I was 20, let's see, 20. Born in 1983, so 24, 25, something like that. So you're at this point, you're just observing a lot of shit. Yes. Yeah. At this point, it's still kind of a whirlwind, uh, you know, because you have that like identity where you're like, up until 22, I was like, okay, I'm a baseball player, and then transition. Yeah, you, you kind of lose that identity. Well, I mean, the funny thing about baseball too, for anyone that's familiar for it, is like, baseball is probably, probably makes you like the most sarcastic asshole of any sport <laughs> i think because there's so much downtime it took me like a, it took me like a, it took me about a year and a half um after it was done with baseball to just like have people stop being like why would you say that because you're a lot just, of baseball players there's too. just a lot of yeah there's like this i think like i said there's just so much downtime and like it's just it's kind of like a pessimistic miserable sport and anyway, it's clearly like a big failure sport so i think you know you're just like you have so much locker room time and so and like like just cultural chewing. diversity too. Yeah, cultural diversity. Yeah, and just like you just say stuff, you're like, what? like I think of some of the stuff. You just like there's just no rules. I mean, there's just like there's no holds barred. Like, doesn't matter who's like mom or girlfriend or whatever. Like, it was just there's things would come out of your mouth. And like, wow. And like, it took me about a year and a half to be like, oh, I can't just say that to that person. They have no idea that I'm joking. <laughs> well, there's uh, only HR would hear about that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just in you know, just in general, like in regular conversation, they like make new friends, and then I'd like say something like super sarcastic and and. You know, and they'd be like rude, and they're just that's like, just Brendan. 
Yeah. No, there's no, only like, there's only so many sunflower <laughs> seeds you can chew. Exactly. You yeah. know. Exactly. And you know, everybody in the baseball field thinks they should be playing, and you know, it's 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 very much like a negative pessimistic sport. Um, but I love it. Interesting observation. Yeah, it, it definitely. And as you know, you've been around a lot of baseball guys. It's it's that's kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. I think it makes you funnier. Like definitely, you know, because you, you dry sense of humor, bro. Yeah, you end up being like funny and just like you know, you have Thick to be skin. you have to be kind of observational. You get super quirky. Yeah, you know, it's just yeah. it's just a sport that does that to you. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah. So at that point, uh, like I said, I think I think that working in that, I really think it's be mandatory for anyone, like in general. I feel I think a lot of things should be mandatory for like as far as development of like, functional human beings that are are going to be successful in their careers but i think some element of working in a service or in an industry and just learning to um kind of think ahead and like manage people's expectations and handle things that can come up it, it should really be mandatory for a lot of people because i think that skill is just something that's severely lacking with a lot of people i see now it's just the ability to not just follow the rules and go step by step but just like um you know, that ability to just say, okay, like so-and-so's coming, this is happening. And, you know, just the ability to shift gears, not multitask, but just like to, to manage multiple things and uh, just make sure people are happy. Like, I yeah. think that's, you know, the, el- the biggest element of like any business is just like, just make people like you, like not in a fake way, but just be like, but yeah, I kind of like in a fake way. Cause it's just like, you're not, I think right now, like there's just so much just like, well, that's just, I am what I am attitude I see out there. And I'm like, yeah, but you're an asshole. Nobody likes that. <laughs> well, you're 100% right. I think it's kind of like the Brett Bartholomew type of deal. Like, yeah. what what's the relatability between us? Exactly. You know, uh, is it what uh, whether you've grown up in a certain area, whether you have a certain uh, agreeance on things, whether you may play the same musical instrument, right? And finding that common ground will grab that person's attention and buy them trust. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that service industry that you learn whether it's a very good business person that you've learned that from mm-hmm. or even learning how to effectively communicate with them. Exactly. And, and to tell my story, like, I mean, I worked at the Yacht Club growing up and high-end successful people that went there, like, if you couldn't effectively communicate, you'd be looked down upon. Not in a negative light, just you weren't keeping up with them. And so whether it was being extra polite holding the door for a woman or whatever it might be, that might be beneficial for you in the long run. And that was something that I learned in the service industry from there is how can you communicate with that person, whether it was they were a CIA agent or they owned a steel mill, right? Mm -hmm. And and being able to have that relatability was huge for me. Absolutely. And I I can agree as well because growing up in a restaurant family, I feel like everyone should wait tables at one point in their life. Yeah. It just, it just, you know, it just, I think, which I think all three of us probably have, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think to, yeah. And the one more relatable thing too, which, I mean, I I tell this to my staff now, which obviously we'll get to kind of what I do now a little bit down the line, but the one thing I learned at old Marsh, I I distinctly remember uh, my boss there is just kind of like, look, I mean, it it is a service industry, Like people are paying, like, I think, I think the pendulum has kind of swung, like I said, where I, I think, and I don't know if it's social media or, or cell phones or just like the lines are just very blurry between like when you're working and like when you're on your personal time. And I think I see the attitude a lot now of like, um, this is effect, you know, this is affecting me personally. Like I'm not, I just want to be the way I feel versus like, 
okay, let's just draw the scene. So it's the end of the day on like a Tuesday and you're work you're the last person working at the golf club and you're closing and this could be a restaurant, this could be definitely relatable in the restaurant industry, a store, whatever, like a guy shows up at like and say he closes at six, guy shows up at like five forty five and wants to hit golf balls like like and this is the old um Greg Rose thing too, like you you just have to be like you have to treat him like he's you know like you should treat him like you're not you can't like be like oh no we're close eh. you know, like look the guy like you get to put yourself in issues like the guy's basically saying like you know the guy spends i mean it'll march i don't even know how it's a lot of money let's put it that way to be a member, to be a member you know and it's like the guy probably worked all day and you know all, all the guy wants to do is go hit golf balls and you're like from their perspective like that idea of just like like ah oh, just like eh, okay i'll get your clubs or whatever you're just like you can't do that versus like the opportunity looking at the opportunity of like if i do like an awesome job with this guy right now like we're gonna have a bond because this guy gets it like successful people like i look for that not to put myself in the successful ranks but just say like but you are but, but being you know being a business owner like i look for that and i'm like like that you know and definitely in the restaurant industry for sure too like just like you, you always think of like you know i'm the last person in the bar last person last been the last person in the bar for don't check uh, <laughs> damn, i'm just like this is like this is right like souls coming out um <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it's like you, those are the people who times where you're like, wow, like this person like did an awesome job, and like you know, you're going to develop a bond with that person and a trust, and you know, it may lead to more opportunities. And I think that's that's the thing with like the golf industry, definitely the fitness industry, um, restaurant industry for sure, you're like club industry. That's even if you don't want to do that for your whole life, like the opportunities to get, you know, you hear about like caddies that get great jobs. You know, it's like the opportunities to bond with people and to reach people that are like have huge opportunities they can open for you it's just right there you know and it's like for me it's hilarious sometimes you see people like you know they screw up a situation like that because they don't you know they're not um you know they're not you know just like yeah just this i want to go home lunch game of thrones and like yeah just my girlfriend's gonna be mad at me because i have to be home at 6 15 or you're just like look like this is your shot like this is what people can you know and then the guy's the same person's complaining when they're like yeah like Nobody wants to hire me. It's just bad economy. Like, no, like you had your shot. Like the guys are in front of you, you know, like learn right. Pick his brain. Like, and what do you think about like introverts and extroverts in this situation? Because <laughs> I know probably the three of us sitting at this table are pretty extroverted, mm -hmm. but you know, there's some people that just, uh, yeah, like, honestly, like I'm totally not like, I'm, I'm very naturally introverted. I just like, and again, like I, I hate the idea of people like, I don't want to be fake. I want to be myself. Like, like get rid of this like identity concept, right? Because like I think it just it holds so many people back because there's this like oh, I'm just not like a I wrote an Instagram post and I'm just like um, like yeah I'm not like a morning person like you're like eh, I'm not a gym person whatever like no, like nobody's it's not part of your DNA it's not any, it's sometimes I mean they've been mapping I think they, they map the whole you know the whole uh, human gene you know they did all they, they've mapped everything they haven't found one that a DNA or a a gene that says like this is this determines if you like the gym or not right right, right. like no like you're building a story about it to protect yourself like you're protecting your ego right and like you're just like oh, i'm an introvert i could never do that you're like if there's one thing like i think i've learned in life i'm just like just do it like mm -hmm. you know and that's so cliche because everybody says that but it's like i mean nike basically patented but, <laughs> but no but they just like but just like you know just like get rid of that identity and like and just see maybe like maybe you because you can be like yeah i don't like that but it's not it's not just like concrete thing you know it's malleable it's like it's like like yeah like like i'm like i said i'm not naturally like extroverted and i definitely have times where i'm not but i'm just like what i realize i'm like it's like any other skill like yeah when you suck at it it's 
not fun. Mm-hmm. Like you just have to be willing to suck for a while. Like it's the only thing, once you get through that and you get good at it, and it may take some people longer, just like it may take some people longer to learn how to lose, it might take some people longer to lose weight or, you know, yeah, there's some natural like, you know, um, some like natural, a moment. Yeah, there's some natural, definitely some natural things from people developmentally that they're just better at communication or you know just choosing the right parents though (laughs) yeah but like but like yeah like that's just life like you're gonna have to and i think like you know it kind of to go against the grain of like um what you're all the stuff like oh just just really work on your strengths it's very funny that like the pendulum swung back where you look it's like used to be special specialize only leverage your strengths only do what you're good at be a specialist and now you're starting to see people be like I forget what that book is. It just recently came out being, it was like, be more of a generalist, mm-hmm. you know, like the generalist, there's a lot of value being general. And I think same deal with like only doing what you're good at. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, don't, if you're, if you're bad at like, if you're not naturally musical, like, yeah, that's not gonna be your career. You know, like, don't just be like, oh, I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to get you. It's like watching American Idol. Like, no dude, you're not, but you're missing the tone. Yeah. Bro. <laughs> but I think there's like, I think there's a lot of value to taking something that you're not naturally good at and just fighting through it to the point where you're like pretty good. You know, not great, but just like there's good a enough. lot. Yeah, and there's and like like I said, we're good getting back to communication with people. Like, yeah, if you're not naturally extroverted, it's gonna be harder for you to just but it's a skill. Like you just have to do it and suck at it and be awkward and just you know, and just get through it and just be like, okay, next time because they're all just I mean, they're all just scripts, right? They're all just scripts that play in our head. Well um, and that being said, I'd I'd almost like to transition into where you're at now as far as good enough, mm-hmm. right? whether it's form or strength, at what point is good, good enough, you know, and, and let's tell the listeners a, a little bit about where you're at now in that transition from golf fitness or, or golf professional into mm-hmm. to what you're doing now. Okay. Um, yeah. So obviously continue to be in the, the golf world and just kind of realize that, um, you know, for a lot of reasons, I just, I wasn't, that wasn't the perfect industry for me. Sure. Um, and, you know, along the way, I'd gotten involved. Uh, actually, ironically, this is sort of how random epiphanies happen. But because, you know, in a butterfly effect way, this is the reason I know Spence. But um, <laughs> I was on a driving range in Orlando when I was actually living up there trying to play. And the guy behind me had just been to, I think, probably the first Titleist Performance Institute certification. This was 2006, maybe. Okay. And I'd actually gone to the World Golf Fitness Summit that year in 2006, which was the More first. as an athlete. Yeah, just as somebody interested in it. Did you play golf all through like high school and college? I did. As well? Yeah, yeah okay. I did. And, and I'm, I, I did. I had the, I. I or you I went had, to the driving range every yeah, now. Yeah, I, I played a fair amount. I mean, you know, my biggest thing is like I, just, I hit a, I hit a long way. We did too, but yeah. we had fucking beers <laughs> next to us. Yeah, 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 yeah pretty much. Right. I was, you know, I'm not uh, a finesse guy. By sure. Any, by any, by any stretch, but I do, I do move the ball a little bit. Future um, world long drive champion, right here. Uh, hey, that's a whole different podcast. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, long story short, uh, I heard this guy behind me, the driving range talking about, and again, cutting back to like, just asking questions and just going for it. Like, like, dude, I'm pretty sure I heard about this. Like, tell me a little more. So that guy, and this is how things kind of cross later in life, uh, got to know him pretty well. Uh, a gentleman named Jamal Gibson, who is, you know, Jamal. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Awesome dude. Um, early involved in Titles performance institute. We stayed in touch. So I kind of always been sort of interfacing with them uh and then while i was still a golf professional i did my certified strength and conditioning specialist with the nsca uh still not quite sure how i passed that test because i didn't really study for it um <laughs> funny <laughs> i just kind of took it i was like yeah 
people are like that's hard i'm like really Hmm? Never studied. That's the same way I passed. I, that's also it's natural. How, that's how I passed. That's how I tested out of Spanish in college. I don't know how I did that either. Oh. Kind of hung over and just walked in one day and I was like, okay, oh. put these headphones on and pick a pick a letter." And I'm like, "C, A, C." Like, C as in yes. Or C as in yes. <laughs> maybe that's what I thought they were C saying. C is in the letter. Maybe, maybe that's what I kept hearing. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> if you just put C on so, every answer, eventually you're going to get one. So, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways yeah so i um that kind of made the leap out of out of the golf industry and was uh another golf club had opened a fitness center that year uh, where a friend of mine was the director of golf and our head professional and so i got involved there i got involved uh honestly worked at a commercial facility i was doing like i was telling people and like i did mm, 24 24 to 28 30 minute sessions a day, four to five days a week for like eight months for like $12 an hour, something like that. So, and I just realized like I needed experience. So I always kind of laugh when people are like, you know, I, I, I recognize that I needed a microwave experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, whereas I hadn't been in the industry forever, um, you know, at this point, so I've only been in the industry for like 12, like since 2009. Okay. So like 10, 11 years, but yeah. I've, I've probably done exponentially more coaching and training than, most in business development exactly yeah so uh anyway kind of transition in there i was working at a chiropractor's office as well so i was kind of doing a lot of different things in the training world uh soaking up as much education as i could uh, that was somewhere along the line i got lucky enough to get pointed in the right direction i think i took the original speaker school for the titles performance institute which a gentleman by name tom Plummer, who's um has worked with with myself and, and spence he ran that and I told him, I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I think I'm interested in opening my own facility. Uh, met a guy who ended up being my partner who I met at, uh, we both worked at the commercial gym. <clears throat> and we were basically like, yeah, we saw this stuff going on all over the country in the semi-private, small group, functional training world mm-hmm. uh, that I've been exposed to for perform better. And I was just kind of like, you know, what? we were just like, I think I was like 26, he was probably 24, 23. And we we're just like, yeah, let's just like, just take a shot you know we both had like a little bit of cash put away and we didn't know any better we found it we literally <laughs> which threw is it, better like every you know there's so much revisionist history when people are like yeah, i've had this plan and i had this like no like you know human beings are post-rational we go back after and like but we didn't know what we were doing you know you like sure. to think you like to think like, yeah this is the steps i took to open my Strategic. own business i'm like there's no steps i was just like i remember the first excel spreadsheet i made and it was like i just took i took like a 20 percent profit growth i think monthly or bi-monthly and i just like dragged the cells all the way over and i was like boom that's what we need Three hundred fifty thousand a month year four <laughs> see ya like where was i i had a picture of a boat on the wall i was gonna buy and i was like semi-serious about it no but it's, it's like the dumb young like, entrepreneur sure, thing. Sure, and I'm, sure. I'm sure you can relate to some of that stuff too but like you know you just sort of think oh it's just gonna work and you know people are gonna walk in and we we found an old uh again and some of this stuff is you know, everybody gets lucky to some degree, right? So you're just like, okay, we found, we happened to find a old, an old CrossFit facility that, uh, well, the CrossFit facility, actually the CrossFit gym was getting um, non-renewed, shall we say. Mm-hmm. So they had a floor in place that was, you know, probably saved us like six or 7,000 bucks. It was good enough. It was serviceable. The layout was already good. I think it was like 3,200 square feet. So we're like, sweet. You good know, spot. This is it. Like we just need to, we're, people are just going to scream in. It's gonna be great. We're gonna make billions. Um, 
Well, that's pretty close to turnkey, though. Yeah, it was. It was very you at know, that I, point. I think we found it in June, June of 2010. We moved in in August, and we opened in October. Uh, and during, I mean, in hindsight, like it just there's a lot of dumb things we did, but you know, basically from like August to October, while we were waiting for all our licenses, like occupational licenses, stuff like that. Like literally, if you look at way back on our YouTube channel, I don't know if I blocked them or not, but like we we reshot <laughs> Rocky Four. The Rocky Four um, training montage, Love but, we, it. but we cut out all of the Rocky parts, and we just put me in doing exercises, and then Stud. we left the we left the Drago. <laughs> it wasn't as impressive as Rocky by any means, but we were. Tra- I think we were just like, well, we'll show like the functional movements that Rocky should have been doing. Yeah, but that was ten years ago. It was ten years ago, and uh, yeah, so like when we at a time when we really should have been like marketing our faces off, right, and like meeting people on the street, we were just like, yeah, we're just sitting there, like, we were working out, we we're like. That's probably the best shape I've ever been in because I always like I always weights for like two months. <laughs> show up and just like you know I'm just crush like, weights, yeah, just crush weights. This is great. Bought a gym, might as well use yeah, it. Yeah, jacked. I'm like, allowed, no one else is allowed in here right now. Were you still golfing at that time? Uh, I didn't. I actually went a couple years without playing very much golf. Um, More just business honestly, development yeah. Honestly, at that when time. we opened, like our focus was not golf. Yeah, not golf at all. We were thinking kind of gen pop and other athletes sure, sure, you know sure. other sports um you know migrating back into baseball a little bit and, and just leveraging some connections the guy I, I opened the gym with was um had some football connections played college football so we kind of had like a, a small group and i brought over probably i don't know 10 clients he probably had eight when sure. we started so sure. um yes yeah, so that was 2010 uh over off you know same facility same location we're in now we've expanded twice so we're up to Almost seven thousand square feet. And kind of, kind of tell us about that transition now. Last ten years, who do you work with, or not, not even just athletes? Just what do you prefer to work with? Who do you prefer to work with? Interesting question. So, like, I think again, getting back to kind of like the generalist versus specialist thing. I think the one thing because we've, done, I mean, we do not have enough time in this podcast to sure. talk about all the stupid things yeah, yeah. I've done. So, <laughs> <laughs> can like. Send me an email. It's weird. We got three more hours. Send me a, yeah, that'll get us, that'll get me through 2011. Um, send me like a bulleted list if you really want to hear all the things. But, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing we've done that it kind of would be against the grain and maybe, I don't know, maybe we would have grown faster. Maybe like, maybe I'd be like the world's foremost, like, I don't know. Sure. Boxing trainer or something like that. But the thing we've done is like, we, we almost intentionally didn't specialize, um, with the idea being that. Um, it has sort of protected us as different avenues have changed, right? And particularly to Florida, you know, being the Palm Beach podcast, I think this is particularly relevant. Like, this is a seasonal place. Mm-hmm. You can't just build. There are very, very few, good point. There are very few industries that are not touched by that down here. Like, and you just rather than fighting that, you know, which is a discussion I've had with some consultants. They're just like, hey, you should have annual contracts and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's not. The market down here is different. It's they don't just, know the market. A, yeah, it's just this different world. Like you just can't do that. And I think we fought that for a while. Like we tried. We're like, yeah, we're gonna get people on, annual commitments. So the person's like, well, I'm going back to New York like in May, and I'll be back in like October. And I'm like, well, will you sign an annual contract and save ten percent? They're like, no, absolutely not. And like, they're like, but I do have exponentially more money I'd like to spend if you just give me a reasonable way to do it. Right? So <laughs> you know, I think that's one of the things I realized. I'm just like, you know, I'm like, yeah, like contract, forget it. Yeah, but. If you didn't try that, you mm-hmm. wouldn't have known. Exactly. Yeah, right? I think, and and, and, and that's I, important. That's important information right there. And I think that is also, like I said, not 
we don't have a specific demo. I mean, in the summer, we definitely skew like a little more towards athletes and high school kids and sure. local people, obviously. And then in the winter, we've got a large contingent of seasonal snowbird 55 to 75 year olds. Um, but I don't, uh, I think we've almost intentionally not picked out a specific demo and that has probably saved us like three times. Um, Rather than, you know, golf is something we got into. Golf is something, it's a huge, it's a big component of what we do for sure. Sure, sure, sure. Baseball too. You know, those are the two things I know probably as well as anything uh, in the fitness world. Fat loss and, and general client fitness, stuff like that. And, and we kind of have a couple like weird niches that we probably wouldn't have ended up in. And that like we have a lot of like, given our model, like we have a lot of like 28 to 45 year olds, you know, which is not a traditional personal training um, demographic, demographic yeah. you know, at all. But, um, you know, I think the fact that we've sort of had a few different directions that we can move in has really saved us because, you know, this area has changed a lot since 2010. When we opened, we were, and, and I, you know, Spence, you know, I had like this conversation before. I'm like, I think people look at it as like, oh, we, you guys were for the only game in town at that point. Like, cause there was, you know, there was Gold's Gym and there were a couple of CrossFits, but there was no like functional training, whatever that means, sure. you know, but we were kind of that. And I think the harder thing then was like, trying to convince people that like what we're doing made sense. Right. Cause you're like, no, like it's like fixed machines. What are you guys doing over here? It's like, 2019 and they're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, me too. But uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think, you know, rather than like the attitude of like, Oh no, like cause it getting to my point, like since we've, we've moved in arguably the most, probably the most well-known, golf fitness professional or golf fitness guy tour golf fitness guy has opened a facility in the area yep multiple really highly qualified very great golf coach trainers type people have moved to the area sure the probably yeah probably not probably the best best and most well-known baseball fitness trainer has moved to the area and opened a facility orange theory is open uh you know, and really F45. Cool. F45. So it's like, you know, and I, like, you know, F45 is like, that's the, that's a much better marketed version of what we did in 2011. Yep. Um, but. You mean they didn't film Rocky videos? <laughs> no, they, no. It's weird, they actually But did. it's like, I'm like, yeah, we used to do group <laughs> classes with stuff like that, but we just didn't know how to market it at but, all. Well, I think two <laughs> things. I think to learn from that, that, that model probably is not sustainable. Just like the CrossFit model is not it's sustainable. In, it's intentionally not sustainable. And I think that's an important business lesson. Like true, to, to true. Get, to get beyond um true. To get beyond like, you know, just just Palm Beach topics and just more like general fitness business in general. I think there is a very important distinction you need to make between do you want to be correct a model or do you want to be something to be about you? And nothing's forever, obviously, but there are very different businesses and i think not one's right or the other right like you know i was lucky enough i, I played golf with the guy who started orange theory or one of the founders who's basically the franchise genius behind it and i'm like i play golf as a guy and i'm like i don't want to be anywhere near <laughs> anything that guy's in because he's gonna roll me over because he knows way more about that you know and that's and that franchising and that stuff i mean just like the restaurant industry right it's like that's not there's a difference between being a well-known chef and wanting to open your own place and having continually the best product put out versus well that being said i think bring up the point of your your family's restaurant and the uniqueness of it well i mean I'll, because there, this isn't a franchise model some things aren't and like really 
like the life force of a business is the team and the people, right? Mm-hmm. And in a service world. And so like it's going to be hard for, you know, you to put your stamp in another location where you're not there every day and Correct. you don't know these people for 5, 10, 15 years. So it's it is a lot different, you know. My grandparents and family are like is somebody else's 75% good enough? And that's the question that only you can answer. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and there's and there's nothing like I said, I think you know, I think sometimes people are like, oh, it's not scalable. And, you know, there's all these business buzzwords. And I'm like, but if <laughs> some things aren't scalable. And, like, do you want to be – you see the same thing in golf. Like, I, I have this conversation with, with guys. And you've seen this in the professional golf. Guys that are, like, short hitters but world-class putters and world-class wedge players mm-hmm. try to become lo- longer. And they, they at averages out the things they're really strong at. And they just become average at everything. And they can't keep on the tour. And you're like, you, you need to be the opposite of what I said earlier. You know? <laughs> You need to be like, what are you good at? Like, Double like I'm not scalable. Like, yeah. I'm just I, the our facility is not scalable, right? And it's it's like so. There's other ways, especially like the beauty of Instagram and the internet and all that stuff. Now it's like, there's a million other directions you can. If your goal is just like to create revenue, cool. Like that's that's important. that's fine. Right, right, that's right. a big deal. And mm-hmm. like, there, but there's a million other ways you can leverage that now, like through education and seminars. And you don't have to be like, oh, I need to build this franchise model so I can build them. Because like honestly, like, I like it's hard enough. For, yeah, it's hard for me to sleep. I sleep well, but. It's hard enough for me to sleep at night worrying about one lease, you know, right, or one right, location right, right. or one staff. I the idea of being like, okay, we have to do that again, <laughs> like again, and, and try to replicate it. And oh, now my time is split between these two facilities or three facilities. No chance. It's not gonna be the same, you know. And I'm like, and then I'm just and then all of a sudden I'm in somebody else's game, right? Now I'm in the Orange Theory F forty five game right. or CrossFit or whoever, like, and they're better at that stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're not better at what we do, which is just basically bringing a level of customization to a small group, semi-private environment and coaching, right? Cause like that's, I mean, it, really the thing when it boils down to now is like all, all I really care about is coaching mm-hmm. and coaching is distinctly different than instructing mm-hmm. in that instructing is telling somebody to do, which is definitely part of our job, right? And like same thing with you Spence, like, you know, um, okay. That's not a squat, right? Like sure. that's, that you're not squatting, right? <laughs> like that's instructing, right? Like I'm telling you what to do. And I think people always come to us and they're like, well, what, just tell me what to do. I'll do it. You it's know, not that cut dry. Yeah, and it's that's not how it works. It never works, right? Yeah. There's no lack of information. Like if there was, you know, if lack of information was a problem, we'd all be billionaires with perfect apps, right? Because there's so much information out there. But yeah. again, that's going back to what you said earlier about addressing the root cause. Yeah, most people aren't willing to to address it. They'll dance around it. Mm. They'll do every diet or every fat or every trend mm. that they know, as opposed to just going, "Fuck, I should, probably shouldn't eat late night." Yeah, and, and it's and it's. The ability to not – the best thing I learned, and I learned this from Mark Fisher, who uh, owns a facility in, in New York. And, and you're, people might go to his website and look at him and be like, this is weird because it's weird. Good. <laughs> but Mark, weird. underneath Mark's weirdness, which he's not – I mean, it's just – it's if you've ever been to Hell's Kitchen, like it's it's very regional. It's, weird. it's very regional. <laughs> just like our, our place, our businesses are very regional sure. in South Florida. Sure. Um, Mark's gym would not work in, you know, Columbus, Ohio or something like that. But uh, – <laughs> but the underneath them is some brilliant, brilliant systems and, and some brilliant skills. And I think that coaching skill of being able to be like, okay, when we're on the gym floor, I'm your instructor, right? Like yeah. I'm telling you, like, that's not how you squat. We need to work on this and all that. But like, we're actually having conversations that matter and like setting goals and all that other stuff. Like I don't have an agenda. You know, if you come down and sit with me, cause I think sometimes like people either think we have an agenda or like they might be like, Hey, like they sit down across from me and they're 20 pounds overweight and they've never been in a gym or they've been in a gym a while. And they're like, 
oh, this guy's in shape, and, like, he probably wants me to be, like, jacked, so I'm just going to tell him, like, you know, I want to be, like, I want, like, a six-pack, and I want to be, like, skinny, and I want to be, like, that maybe that's not, like, their real agenda, right? So, sure. like, now, like, we have a communication problem because I'm, like, yeah, like, they're, like, yeah, just tell me what to do, and, and I just want to be skinny and jacked and whatever, and then, okay, like, I design their program for that, or we start working towards that, and, like, that's not really what they wanted, right? So we already have a communication problem, and they just they just think my agenda is – you know, or maybe I show up in the agenda. It's like, I want everyone in my gym to deadlift 600 pounds. <laughs> and you're going to, you know, that's my agenda. And like in the back of my head, even though you're talking, I'm just like, how can I, how can I steer them towards the 600 pound deadlift or, you know, having a sweet glutes or like having huge deltoids or like whatever, you know, I'm like, how do sure. I, how do I get, or I just like, Hey, like I really want everyone in my gym to look good with their shirt off so we can do like some sick social media. <laughs> and like everybody just sees it and like it'll be cool you know well so. i hate to cut you off but i believe it was you and i at mark fisher's talk mm -hmm. nope correct yeah. at the performance yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so this is this is something just to give a little background information to these guys so mark fisher's place is is in new york city and, and former actor like he embraces the weird like unicorns <laughs> is his thing right so i remember mark's giving his talk and in what his big like breakaway or takeaway from this whole thing was just ask open-ended questions, have conversation. And exactly. I remember for three minutes, it was me and Brendan looking at each other, asking open-ended questions. And it got very weird when you got nothing to talk about. Right. <laughs> exactly. But, but I, I learned something from that. And that being said, I actually sent Mark a pair of bearded kettlebell unicorn socks, thanking him because that, that actual kind of talk, change my my actual business yeah like tenfold and why do you want to come back exactly why are you here exactly. like these asking these open-ended questions allow exactly. me to learn more about the client yeah. which actually helped me form my business better and yeah. now i i just as paying it forward i thanked him for that and i was like this is something that you know future people need to learn it's huge. and i think honestly if you want to be in this industry and i've told all my staff since then i'm like this is the only defensible skill like technology is coming and yeah, you need to embrace that for sure. Like, and we're there, you know, we could always talk about ways we're embracing technology and things like that. There are not, there's less and less defensible skills. Right. And like I said, like I can't, def I can't out market and out franchise orange theory F45 too much leverage, too much, too many skills. Yeah. I can't, like I said, I can't out tech certain things, mm -hmm. you know, all these new, you know, Apple watch and all that. Like I can't, they're, they're going to be able to do some things. I can't, the ability to coach and connect with people is always probably the only defensible skill you have in this industry. Priceless. Or any industry, right? Because, you know, like, you're not going to beat me on that. Yeah. Like, you can't pay. You can't create a system for that. You can't. Well, you kind of can't. But you can't teach those skills, right, like, to anybody. No, it's like, we're, like, you can develop really good technique coaches. That's not that hard. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there's a million really brilliant technique people out there that can coach a squat, coach a deadlift, coach an Olympic lift. Probably better than I can. But until you get that person to buy in, and you really understand each other on a deep level and you've talked about how you're going to hold them accountable mm -hmm. based on what they actually want. And just say, like, I tell people, I'm like, I don't have an agenda. You know, because people want you to like, I think they, I don't know, some people are like sadistic and be like, they're like masochistic <laughs> where they want you to be like, no, it's bad. Like, bad. Oh, you ate, you know, you ate, pizza, you ate pizza yesterday? Bad. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe. Like, how do you feel about that? You know, like, do you, do you think? Do you think that was a bad thing or do you think or like what do you think jordan would say about that <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you see his post the other day about losing weight no it's like uh all right i got three tips for you you cut off your fucking leg <laughs> <laughs> you know it just goes down this list of things where yeah. he's like let me tell you about caloric deficit 
you know, and, and this is the reality is like, let's make it comical, but let's actually educate people. Like, yeah. dude, this is the way to lose weight. And I, I, that's why I like a lot of his posts. Yeah. And just, but just be like, you know, like, okay, like, how am I going to hold you accountable to what you decide you actually want to do? Sure. I, so I need to ask questions that like, just open up that conversation and get a little deeper with people and just be like, okay, like, tell me more about that. Like, tell me why, tell me why you think, um, you know, you're not in great shape. Sure. Tell me why you think you need to be in better shape. Like, sure. someone's coming and says, like, I just need to be in better shape. I'm like, okay, tell me more about that. I think they're expecting me to be like, yeah, you do need to be in better shape. Cause, like, exactly. Because you yeah you know i'm like no like i don't know maybe you do maybe you don't like it's totally depends on like are you happy like because that's at the end of the day like we're you know we're in the business of making people healthy but not in the sake of like their their sanity right like i don't want to be one more stressor on top of people's thing like i want to be a way to help them figure out what they want because at the end of the day like if you're happy you know yeah health is a whole different deal and we have to help with that for sure but like you know you know we're not psychologists but until you can align those two things and really get them you know, streamline with being a, a technique uh, instructor and then also a coach. Um, you can't, you know, you're going to miss so many people. Like, yeah, you're going to nail like a lot of the athletes because they're just like, they're that way, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody comes to you for a specific problem, like if I'm the only person in the world that can teach a discus toss, you know, like Dan John talks about that, like the, mo the only, you know, those really like high-end unique skills. If I'm the only person that can take you from a 10-2, 100-meter dash to a, a 9-9-5, right. I can be anything I want to be, right? Sure. And you're going to listen because you—that's all you care about. But most people aren't there. Like the, the vast majority of the industries, like the people are not looking for that. Like they're trying to go from 25% body fat to 20% body fat. There's a million ways you can do that, and most of them, the most successful, efficient ways, have more to do with coaching than instructing. Well, and I'd like to to make a point there with our mentor. You know, Gary V was saying this morning. He's like, I don't want you to do what I do. I want you to be happy making a hundred thousand dollars a year doing your job like what you enjoy doing he's like i hustle so hard don't matter what that like whatever makes you yeah. happy if you want to lose five pounds well shit we're here to help go exactly. ahead well, i was gonna say like you know he's a lot of people put him on a pedestal like we talk about him a lot and he's an inspirational figure but at the end of the day are we going to be a best times new york uh new york so, times yeah. bestseller and speaking at these seminars like you can't compare yourself to somebody like at the end of the day, you just got to be you and be a happy and good person. And the big thing, I guess, it comes back to the coaching point is just like just getting people to balance like their expectations and their outcomes. Right. And like that, I mean, that's really what it comes down to is like all like despair is basically driven by like an imbalance between what you expect to happen and your actual outcome. And usually that's, you know, helping people balance those two out. I'm like, okay, is it reasonable to expect yourself to be 8% body fat if you're, if you're, eating x y and z and then you end up uh, not losing weight or gaining weight and it's like helping people like regulate those two and be like okay cool like if you have x behavior this is probably what you should expect mm -hmm. and then hopefully have like a slightly more positive outcome right just like help them figure that out so i think one of the things palm beach county it's like look we like it's a super active place and one of the things i deal with you know our, our client base like i said we, we have kind of a, a few different avatars but one of ours is definitely your active retired person or semi-retired person who likes to play golf, you know, wants to stay in shape and, but also wants to be social and like, look, realistically, like they're going to eat out a lot. Like that's, and that's one of the parks, like people worked hard, retired, like they don't want to be carrying around Tupperware, like, and eating eight ounces of chip, weighing their food. Like they want to be social. And it's just like, it's a challenge. So helping people 
balance that and like continue to do the things they want to do better and not not make the focus the gym. I think that's always mm-hmm. one of our things too. It's like, look, like we're just we're here to help you do everything else better. If you like the gym, great. You know, if you love it, but like we're definitely not a place for people that are like obsessed with the gym. You know, like it's not we don't have people that are there three hours a day. Um, you know, other than like some of the athletes, obviously for that reason, but like, look, like I want you to make, I want to make her experience as enjoyable as possible. And I want her relationship to be as, as powerful as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. But like the reality is like, look, like if I'm helping you feel better and play golf longer, you know, not even necessarily golf better. Right. Cause like the reality is like, like if you're 15 or 12, like does it really matter? <laughs> no, they're giving each other strokes anyway. Like I've had guys get pissed. That as long as you beat your buddy. Yeah. I've had guys you know? get pissed that their handicap <laughs> went down, but like, but you know, if you don't, your back doesn't hurt at the end of it. Cheers. And you can play more days and you feel better and your energy level's better. Like, hell yeah, right? Like, I just, I, I, I spend less money joining this private golf club. Now I can play three times a week instead of once a week. And well, well, if you're just walking around with back pain all the time, you're just kind of a jerk, anyways, you know? <laughs> just yeah. out of the nature of it. It yeah, just sucks. You're just, <laughs> just kind of miserable. So it's like, um, I think that's probably a bigger component of what we do rather than like, um, rather than, um, you know, just being like, your life should be about the gym. Your life should be about all this other stuff. And like, you know, and like occasionally people are like, hey, if you, again, just helping them kind of baseline, like, what do you, what do you expect? And then, right, Spence said, not rather than like our knee jerk reactions being like, well, you're never going to like be that. But just let them walk themselves in it. Like if somebody comes in and I, what I, gives me what I think is an unreasonable expectation or an unreasonable goal, I want to lose 40 pounds in, in two months. And you're already like not massively overweight, right? Or like, I want, you know, I'm 45 and I want to be 10% body fat. I'm 20% body fat. I'm like, rather than our knee jerk reaction, which is like, like you know, you're not committed enough to do that. Whatever, like everybody, you know, everybody in the fitness business has been that guy before. Big no, okay, like interesting. Like what, what, um, you know, and not being condescending, just like actually asking out of genuine curiosity, which for me is like a challenge. That's one of the hardest things I've learned from coaching is like just being genuinely curious about people. And that's something I I got better at through my golf experience. Just genuinely like, ah, like, interesting. Like, tell me, don't get frustrated with people. Same thing with when somebody struggles with an exercise or somebody struggles with their diet or whatever. Like, our natural knee-jerk reaction is, oh, God, this dude, like, can't get this Again. Guy. Can't get this guy to stop doing it. Oh, he, like, canceled again. Like, whatever. Just be curious. Like, hey, man, like, tell me a little more about what's going on. Like, why is it happening? Because you don't know, right? Like, you don't have any idea what's going on in people's lives. And, like, stuff goes on in your life that you wish people understood better. So sure. I think, you know, yeah, you got to have rules and, like, and expectations like you gotta draw you gotta draw some boundaries you can't leave it people just go all you know nilly-willy around the place but just being a little more curious with people and just being like hey like you know tell me tell me how you know tell me why you think um tell me how you think that you should you might lose 20 pounds in in or in 40 pounds in two months you know and like they're gonna talk to themselves and be like yeah i guess it's a little crazy and be like okay well no not necessarily but like yeah i think maybe how about i think we might be a little more realistic but is it okay if i suggest something that might be a little more realistic that I've seen successful. Like, it's amazing how much more powerful phrasing like that is and, like, not making people feel like idiots, right? Because that's, like, that's such a re- reputation of the fitness industry is, like, we just make people sound stupid, feel stupid about themselves and, like, and we just shame you into getting jacked. Well, it doesn't work. That, people hate it. That was me, like, going through school is a lot of times I felt like I was being talked to or taught to versus having an open discussion about things and, uh, you know, being in medical, maybe you have to be taught to, but I always felt like when we had open discussion, things were a little bit more uh, symbiotic. I learned better. Um, and I feel like that's how the fitness industry and and how things need to be nowadays is it needs to be an open-ended. Why, why do you feel like you needed to lose 20 pounds? 
Yeah, getting to the root cause is probably crucial, right? So I want you to actually, Mike, talk a little bit about that and your experience with, with the Jacksonville-based company that you worked with and, and kind of the mentorship and, and going through that stuff. Because I think that's important is getting to the root cause is you're going to be more successful if you just address that versus kind of dancing around it. Yeah, I worked um, on like a uh, – I worked with a company in Jacksonville that's been doing self-awareness, uh, meditation, breathing – things for like almost 20 years and like 20 years ago that stuff was not cool and you know just in talking to the owners of that business being the person that's breaking out to do a meditation 20 years ago was like frowned upon you know because you look like the crazy person or that like uh just admitting that you like needed some time or you're trying to get better was like weakness competitive you know it's like you know, especially in the corporate world, they work with like fortune, you know, whatever companies for a long time. And it's really interesting work with them. And it's, it's, you know, I see it in every business, um, as a photographer and a designer, a lot of people tell me to like, make something look cool mm-hmm. or look pretty. And I'm like, why do you want it to look pretty? Why do you want it to look cool? Because that help gives me a lot, you know? And mm-hmm. so what I learned working with that company is, you, if you ask why four to five times, you can, you usually get like right around to that <laughs> yeah, root five, cause. Five wise, yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it's just powerful. I'm sure, you know, people are very self-conscious as it is. So it's like different from business, but it's, it's probably more extreme when you work with people with their own image, you know, they're very protective of who they want to be seen or portrayed or thought of as well. And that's, I think that's important being here in Palm beach, you know, that's, it's almost a sign of credibility or social proof, whether it's I'm wearing this designer outfit or, or being in this car, Yeah, you know, which is cool. Like that's, you know, I think that's, um, you know, everybody's got their own thing. You know, right. Like, I think that's one thing I've learned, I guess, from everything. It's, it's just, just having the approach. It's just like, okay, like, this person's a client, like they're, they're not like one thing, right? Cause it's like, it's funny. Like, it's like, you know, you hear people say like, oh, you shouldn't use labels and all that. But then like, those are also sometimes the same people that are labeling people that they think are using labels. Correct. Sure. It's kind of like, sure. look, like you can't have it both ways, right? Like you can't <laughs> be like, oh, well, that, you can't, yeah, you can't be like, well, that's shallow. Like you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be, you know, like, well, okay, I'm not here to judge people on it. Like, oh, you shouldn't be, you know, worried about how they look or like, I'm like, that's kind of the same thing. Like you're sort of judging, you're judging the non-judgment, right? <laughs> right? So it's like, okay, cool. Like, hey, if your thing is like, I'm not here to say, like, if you, you know, if you tell me, like, same thing with goals. I'm like, people might be afraid to say, like, hey, like, I'd really like, you know, I want to do this photo shoot for myself, right? They're like, oh, cool. Like, if that helps, like, doesn't you feel better? Like, I'm totally happy. That's that's as credible a goal as like, I want to not have a heart attack or whatever like to me like there's no you know it's not our job to basically say like oh that's like that's too shallow a goal or that's like if you just want to look sweet like your shirt off that's fine that's part of my job too instead of you know it doesn't have to be this like deep or like hey if you want to have like the most spiritual physical journey of all time like we can help with that too but like here's some ayahuasca tea yeah i'm like cool like there's nothing like there's nothing you know i think sometimes like there's almost like this in the industry there's been this like pushback against like which again, again, these are all like overreactions, right? And they're totally cool. Like there's been this sort of pushback of just like feeling good about your body, you know? And that's totally fine. Like I'm all telling that. Like I want people, regardless of how you look and how you feel, like you should, you know, there's definitely people need to be body positive on all that. But like in the same sense, like 
there's nothing wrong with being like, I want to be leaner. Like mm-hmm. I want to look, I want to look better. Like that's not, you know, there's almost been like this sort of overreaction to that where it's like, Oh, that you shouldn't be the same thing I was talking about before. Like, Oh, you just kind of are who you are. And you're like, no, like there's something wrong with trying to get better or like make yourself, you know, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, whatever, like that's all, those are all credible things. And like, you're an organic growing, trying to know, be the best. Version yeah. You're of an yourself. organic growing thing. And like, there's nothing yeah. wrong, you know, it's like, you don't have to be this like fixed mindset, fixed body set, fixed whatever. Like you'll just, just do stuff. So for the people that are listening and watching online <clears throat> and they they want to know a little bit more about coastal performance and about Brendan. I don't think I actually said the name of the gym at this point. What, uh... <laughs> it's called coastal performance. If you're wondering, I just, um, tell, tell the, tell the people that are listening a little bit more about, um, if they live in Palm beach County, if they're interested, if they're an athlete, if they're just a normal person, kind of, um, what you want them to think and know and refer and talk would, about your business. I would just say for us, you know, we don't have a specific avatar, right? It's a very, it's a very comfortable place. Um, you know, it's not, uh, it doesn't really, you know, it's, it's a, it's a facility where we're very serious about how things are done from an, from an exercise standpoint, but we want to have, a, we're going to have a good time and we're trying to build somewhat of a deeper relationship, not in like a foo-foo way. And again, if you want to have a deep relationship, like if you just want to come in like, Hey, you just tell me some workouts and like, we don't have to have any conversations about it. Like that makes you happy. Cool. Like cool. To, we're both yeah. on board, you know? So, so our big thing is basically just. But you know, the thing we've really been stressing lately is look, there's 168 hours in the week. Well, actually, we literally just launched a new program called called the 168 program, which is for people that just want like a little more stuff because like people need technology is allowing us to help manage more areas of people's life. Like I mean, this whoop strap I'm wearing, this is telling me all the data about myself, how I sleep, all that. Like we've started working with some clients that wear that because look, if you only give me three hours a week and there's 168 hours in the week, it's really hard for me to affect a whole lot of change, right? I mean, you know, like someone in Spence's position, that can be really powerful because like from a, a pain management or re- rehab sure. standpoint, yeah, three hours can make a big deal, right? Sure. But from but like- I also wear the whoop. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> but like all these other factors, we and technology is now allowing us to sort of play into that. And that's something we're, we're really trying to leverage. And like, I always tell people, I'm like, look, you know, getting people out of the mindset of like, okay, I'm buying 10 sessions, 10 workout sessions, and I'm going to get watched for 10, like 10 hours. And that's going to be it. And maybe I'll like it and maybe I won't. Like, no, like if I could give you the same result in one session or 10 sessions or hundred sessions, you'd probably be willing to pay the same thing. Right. <clears throat> you know, so it's not so much about time. It's just being like, okay, like let's, let's come together with a plan on how we're going to manage everything. We're going to help through technology and through communication and just say, okay, like, yeah, if you can't come to the gym and get your workout that day, like that's not the end of the world. Like I, I can give you things to do at home. Yeah. Obviously we're going to drive guidelines. <clears throat> so don't, don't call me at three in the morning. Oh, that's what my clients do. Right. <laughs> I'm not going to respond at three in the morning. Like we're, we're going to set boundaries, but like, Hey, like just, you know, we're there for you as a resource and we're there for you to work your plan 168 hours a week, not just three hours a week. Cause you know, it's just basically people need guidance. Like they don't, you know, you can find any workout on the internet. Like it's there, you know, it's like, but it's just, it's just, well, they're probably there for you and your team. And I'm sure the gear that you have, yeah, yeah, you know? some of that, yeah, some of that stuff too. There's a lot of choice here. Yeah, there's a lot of choice and a lot of options. And I'd say what makes us a little bit unique, other than you know, look, we we definitely have a reputation for being fairly sharp technically, and I think yep. some of our client base, the fact that there are guys that make a guys and girls that make um make their living with their bodies, they have to come to trust us, and we've we've built a fairly good reputation over the years with that. Um, you know, between Major League Baseball, NBA, professional golf, soccer football one or two in the nfl um yeah so it's kind of varied all over you know sports fall over but um you know beyond that i think really what we our focus has been on is just 
the entire client experience and and just helping people move forward and and help manage it you know it's like you hire an accountant like your accountant takes care of your taxes like it's one of those things you have to you hire a lawyer you know we're a professional for your body and just we're going to help you make sure you're maximizing your time because you know time is the only resource you can't buy more of right so do you just you know if not to say you know, money's important too like you can't just be spending thousands and thousands of dollars on your fitness stuff but like if i could sit you know if i can maximize your workout time you should be willing you know just like your taxes your, your accountant can maximize your return we're trying to maximize your return so yeah. that's basically what, what our philosophy is beautiful i think on that point you know that's a that's a good segue to transition into ending this and and if anything a let's let the people know where to find you whether it's social media or, or website uh website is currently under construction perfect i don't mean to mess with it being i know e- a guy being an e-business technology guy i know a sort guy sort of uh <laughs> destroyed the website a few times uh, destroyed all your credibility uh yeah e-course yeah i mean <laughs> yeah exactly yeah you really want to see my my 2010 how about shop. instagram or, or uh instagram uh at coastal performance uh or at body by brendan is my fitness instagram um <clears throat> where i tend to go a little more deeper into topics that we've talked about today uh facebook coastal performance um google yelp bing uh, um what are some of the other great ones snapchat snapchat friends (laughs) friendster uh no primarily we use instagram and uh facebook tinder (laughs) that's yeah that's a different well it's been it's been awesome having you in here i i um i really admire the way that you talk about how you run your business um i think that anyone that just listened to that whole podcast um, you know, we'll think deserves a white claw. Well, yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, unless you were lying the whole time, uh, they would think very favorably about how you treat people. It's not, you know, it's the people at the end of the day. Right. Well, and, uh, and that's a message Mike and I are trying to really send here on the Palm Beach podcast is help others just locally in, in Palm Beach County, but to help the businesses as well, spread the word as, as far as authentic, genuine people like yourself. And, you know, with our work and relationship, I think this is a unique place that, um, not only can can fitness work with medical and medical work with fitness, but just really creating something authentic for the individual is unique, and, and that's something y'all do well. Awesome. Thank you, guys. It's yeah. been a pleasure in the Media Zone studios. Cheers. Beautiful. Thanks. Episode number two of the Palm Beach Podcast. That Media Zone wrapped up, boys. Thanks, boys. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.